Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Traveling Pulpit Podcast. I am Vernon Sheridan, and I am the man with the unscripted voice thanking you for joining me on today. You know, today is the day that the Lord has made, and we should all be glad and rejoice in it. I know that because I am so glad, and I hope that you are also. I acknowledge the Lord in all ways and in everything I do, and I hope that you do too. Well, Traveling Pulpit family, I do not want to uh, take up a lot of your time today. I want to go directly into the Word, and the Word comes from Ephesians 6 and 10. Paul is completing a letter to the Ephesians who, at this point of the letter being written and finalized, is still a pagan worshiping uh, city, both uh, Jew and Greek. Uh, also, there still problems in this city. They have some they have some godliness in the city, but they also have some paganness in the city. And so Paul was writing this letter to them to kind of um, remind them of the love that they once had and to continue the fighting of the good fight of faith that they have also to give them final instructions on why certain things are important. And one of those things that is very important is the armor of God. And I want to spend a few moments with you today, traveling pulpit family, just going over some of the the elements that make up the armor. Actually, we're going to go over all the elements that make up the armor. I believe there are, are six elements that make up the armor, and it shouldn't take us that long. Uh, but but being a preacher, you know how preachers are, so I'm going to do my best. How about that? I'm going to do my best. So um, take me with you wherever you go. This is Ministry in Motion. This is the Traveling Pulpit Podcast. You can go wherever you go. And this word will be with you in the store while you're driving to work from work, uh, taking the kids to practices, no matter where you are. This is ministry in motion. You can always have the word of God with you. And if you have a Bible or you have a pen and paper to write these things down with, I would be very grateful for you because you can do this study in your own time. But let us begin Ephesians 6 and 10, Paul says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God because you may be able to withstand the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, he reminds us but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. This is where the battle is fought. The battle is fought not between brothers, not between sisters. It is fought in the heavenly places. You see, the devil is still an angel. He is still a part of, of the heavenly, uh, I guess you would call it makeup. I wouldn't call it a council. Uh, I wouldn't call it a family. He was kicked out of there, but, but he is still a part of that heavenly 
realm, that, 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 that spiritual realm. He's still a part of that. Though he was kicked out of heaven, he has not yet been put into the lake of fire, which we know that he will. But for right now, he is still causing all types of trouble and mischief in the heavenly realms. Which is why Paul is moved to write this letter, not only to the Ephesians, but to us, because now we have this word. We know how the story ends, but while we know how the story ends, let's not get caught up on that. Let us focus on what is in front of us, that spiritual warfare that we're going through right now. And he reminds us to take up the whole armor of God that we may be with able to stand in the evil day, having done all to stand firm, having fastened on the belt of truth. Isaiah eleven five says, righteousness shall be the truth of his waist and faithfulness, the belt of his loins. John eight thirty one and 32 says, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. See, it is important that you know the truth, traveling pulpit family. And the truth is this battle is not fought by blood, by flesh and blood. But there are weak minded individuals out there who think that it is. They think that they are in control when, in fact, they are being controlled by the spirit of the devil. They do not recognize that. And it is a sad fact to know, but it is still what needs to be known. Do you know the belt of truth is righteousness and faithfulness, and it sets all who wears it free? We are free indeed when we wear this belt. We have the power of God on us. We have the power of Christ in us. And we have the power of the Holy Spirit surrounding us. So why would we not want to wear the belt of truth? Next, Paul says, Stand therefore, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. A breastplate of righteousness, Jeremiah 17 9 and 10 says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Some translations will say wicked. Who can understand it? Psalms 51 10 says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. You see, the heart is desperately wicked and no one in this world can understand it. No one. No psychiatrist, no, no, uh, 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 cath lab or, or heart surgeon, you know, none, no cardiologist, none can understand it. The heart is a rocky place. It's not flesh, but we can call on the Lord to make it flesh. We can call on the Lord to soften our heart. You know, they say the, the Bible says that the days are coming when when man will turn on man and it will be, you know, man will be so cold to man and he will just just be so evil to his brother. I believe that there is a fire in the bellies of mankind right now who are standing for the Lord, who are wearing the breastplate of righteousness, 
who knows the difference between hate and love. I believe that right now because the breastplate of righteousness cleanses our deceitful, sick hearts and creates in us clean hearts, all those who wear it. This is why the breastplate of righteousness is so important to be worn. In all circumstances, Paul says, I got ahead of myself, I'm sorry. And as shoes for your feet, Paul says, put on the readiness of the gospel of peace. Now, the gospel of peace can be found over in Romans 10 and 14. Jesus, when he was speaking the Beatitudes, when it was recorded, he spoke Matthew 5 and 9, and it, it was recorded in Matthew 5 and 9 that says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Uh, the scripture, Romans 10, 14 through 17 says, how then will they call on him whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful or sweet in some translations, how beautiful or sweet are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. You know, the ESV or English Standard Version reads different from the King James or NIV, uh, but it is more effective for, for I believe, uh, translation purposes. Uh, I think it speaks a little more directly into um, what we're doing right now. And I've loved ESV for years and and uh, I stand by the English Standard Version. And You may stand by your version, but the word is the word. It does not change because our Lord, our Christ, our Savior, our God does not change. This is the reason why the shoes or the feet of those who represent the gospel of peace will be called sons of God because they are the peacemakers, which is why I'm always telling you on here, share this message, share this message with someone, share this message with someone because you do not realize that you are a peacemaker, that you are the one who is bringing the gospel of peace to that person that you share this message with. That is why it's so important. Paul goes on to say now, in all circumstances, in all circumstances, no matter what, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. The helmet or the shield of faith. I'm sorry, I got ahead of myself once again. The shield of faith is defined by Merriam Webster's dictionary as a broad piece of defensive armor carried on the arm. Hebrews 11 and 1 tells us that our faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Jesus told his disciples in Matthew 17 and 20, if you have faith 
like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to the mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. So you see Merriam-Webster is talking about a shield in which you're going to do physical battle. Here, Paul is talking about a shield upon which you will fight in a spiritual battle. Why? Because the battle is not fought against flesh and blood. It is fought against spirit, which is why it is so important that you understand that you must have faith. You must have faith. E Hebrews 11 and 12 and 6. I'm sorry, 12, 11 and 6. I'm sorry, I got ahead of myself. 11 and 6 says, without faith, it is impossible to please him for who would for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. This is the shield of faith that we should all be wearing. Then Paul says, take the helmet of salvation. Now, the helmet of salvation, Romans 12 and 2 Paul, who is the writer of Romans, also the writer of Ephesians, says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. You see, the battle for your soul is fought in the mind. And the helmet of salvation is worn to protect you from conforming to this world. You know, I'm not a Marvel fan. I'm a DC fan. I, I love uh, Batman and Superman. I grew up with those characters. But the characters of Marvel, there are only a few. One of them in particular that I that I like. I like the Wolverine character. But, but of the X-Men brand, I think Magneto is probably the one who is the smartest, but yet at the same time, he's the most evil of all the X-Men. The reason he's the smartest is because he knows that his friend, Xavier, Charles Xavier, or Professor X as we know him, uh, he's a mind controllist, and he can get into a person's mind and make them do the things that he wants them to do. So Magneto... He developed a helmet that he wears that protects his mind from the power of Professor X. This is why I think the helmet of salvation is so important, because there are forces out here in this world that control your mind, that make you think that you're doing the right thing when actually you're doing the wrong thing. You just don't realize it because your mind is being controlled. It is being manipulated to do what the enemy wants you to do, which is why I've said on this podcast before, the world will reward the world, but the world will also reap what the world has sown to the world. And you see, this is why it is so important for the helmet of salvation to be worn, because the battle, once again, the battle is for your soul. It is not. It is fought in the mind. We are up against uh, spiritual forces in heavenly places. They are evil. They are powerful. Yes, they are powerful. But they are not more powerful than our savior. They are not more powerful than the helmet of salvation. 
because it will keep you from conforming to this world, but it will transform your mind to be renewed in God so that you will be able to stand with the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness, having the shoes that represent the gospel of peace, knowing that the shield of faith will protect you because you seek God diligently and he rewards those who seek him. This is why the helmet of salvation is so important because you wear it proudly. This world is set out to do one thing, and that is to destroy all mankind. Wearing the helmet of salvation changes the mind and the soul because that is what is at stake. And take up the helm and take up the, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, Paul says, which is the last piece of the armor. But it doesn't mean that that is the the last piece to to what the devil wants to do, because even though you can have all even though you have all these things on, he can still find a way to get to you. I'll explain to you in one second. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, Hebrews 12, four says, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit of joint and marrow and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The whole armor of God is important. The whole armor of God is important. The word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joint and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts for not wearing the helmet and the intentions of the heart for not wearing the breastplate. It has to be worn. There is no question. It has to be worn. Hebrews goes on to say, and no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him whom we must give an account. Proverbs 15, three says the eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. This is why it is so important that we wear that armor Every day, we must wear it every day, every day we draw breath, every day that the Lord allows us to extend our life in this present world. We must wear that armor. Why? Because Peter over in first Peter five and six tells us to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, so at the proper time we may exalt him, casting all of our anxieties onto him because he cares for us. He wants us to be sober-minded and watchful because our adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Now, that toothless, hairless, spineless, clawless, freak of nature, the devil, or the lion, as he's represented here, what Peter is explaining, 
He comes up from behind, which is why there is no back plate, because the Lord does not want anyone who is going to turn their back on him. But he wants everyone who is going to stand having a willingness to fight and be on his side, which is the winning side. We know that. But those who have been controlled by the world, they don't know that, which is why it is so important for us to wear this armor daily. But that lion comes up from behind and he whispers. He whispers. He doesn't yell. He doesn't roar. He roars miles away. You hear him before you hear him again because he has to make you afraid. He has to get into your your core area. He has to penetrate your stronghold. And for some, they don't even have a stronghold. They hear that roar and they get scared. Immediately, he's right behind them, telling them all the things that he wants them to do. But if you stand, if you hear that roar and stand and wait, you will hear his voice. All the things that are of this world, he will say to you. But in that time, turn around. Let him see the armor of God on you. Let him see every piece of armor on you. Let him see the sword of the spirit. Let him see the helmet of salvation. Let him see the shield of faith. Let him see the shoes that represent the gospel of peace. Let him see the breastplate of righteousness. Let him see the belt of truth and he will flee from you. Why? Because you are prepared for battle. There are so many out here in this world who claim they're prepared for battle, but they do not have on one piece of armor that they can do battle with. No one goes into battle without protection. No one. But that is who the devil is looking for. Those who do not have on the armor. But those who have turned their back on the Lord. He gets them afraid when he roars, when he roars and, and they get afraid. He watches the body language. When you get a bad report in school, you get a bad report at the doctors, you get a bad, re a bad review on your job. He watches your body language. He sees the anger that rises up in you. He's prepared to pounce right then and there, but he has to plan it out. He has to come up and whisper. He has to let you know that he's on your side and the Lord God is not on your side. But all you got to do, traveling pulpit family, is turn. Turn around and let him see that armor. Turn around and let him know that you're ready for battle. And Peter goes on to say that he will flee. He says, resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. We are all in this fight together, traveling pulpit family. And the only way in this world, in this world, we can overcome is by having on our armor. Because the Lord will make his return when he makes his return. It's not for us to know. But what is 
meant for us to know is that we must be workers in the field. We must continue to work in the field because the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. We must continue to work in the field. He will come and get us. He won't let us know. He's already let us know, but he will come and get us. It's not time to take a break, traveling pulpit family. It's time to put the to pedal to the metal. It's time to bear down and continue to harvest, continue to do the work. And when that day comes, it's like I used to tell my son when he played, played football, practice as if you're in the game. So when you're in the game, it's no different. You practice at 100% and you play the game at 100%. It's no different. So we have to harvest at 100%. So when he comes and gets us, we won't even know. Because we won't even care. Because we've been working. We've been working. And when that day comes and he comes and get us for working, he will reward us. The world wants to reward you with the things that that rust and moth will all and time will all decay and erode and take away. And it's no longer relevant. That's what the world wants to give. And that's what people are seeking in the world. They're seeking that right now uh, uh, acknowledgement. I don't want that right now acknowledgement. I want his acknowledgement. His acknowledgement is everlasting, just like his kingdom is everlasting. And if you're with me, traveling pulpit family, it's time to put that armor on one piece at a time. But once you have that armor on. Get ready for battle, because a battle is what we're going into or coming out of or going back into. It's time to go into battle. Traveling pulpit family, I want to thank you once again for just allowing me the opportunity that we have weekly to just come and just share, just share this, this, this word with you because the Lord is good. He is good. He is plentiful. He is mighty. He is present in our lives. So I just want to say thank you for that. Thank you for the opportunity to serve in this way. Allow me again, as this year comes to a close, we've been through so much this year, Traveling Pulpit family, and going, and, and two years, two, uh, over two years going, going strong, we continue to grow in number, and I continue to pray that the Lord will not only enlarge my territory, but enlarge your territory, because the word needs to go out. And here's your opportunity to send a word out. It's not my word, Traveling Pulpit family. It's God's word. And that's why I ask you week in and week out to share this word with someone, because it's not my voice. It's his voice. I'm the vessel that he chose to use it through. But always test what is being said by the spirit so that it if if it is not of the spirit, you throw it away. But if it is of the spirit, share it, share it, because that is the word of God going out, equipping people to work in the field. And I know that he has equipped us to go work in the field. 
So Traveling Pulpit family, let's get out of here. I love you. Uh, we've started a new series on Facebook Live under the Facebook page, The Traveling Pulpit, uh, every, every Wednesday with Wednesday with the Word. The series is called The Greatest Story Ever Told, coming from the book of Luke. We are going piece by piece through the book of Luke, uh, looking at the 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 day of the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, because this is the season upon which we celebrate it. You know, it's crazy because every every theologian and, you know, uh, historian has tried to find the actual day when our Savior was born. But just like his return, no man knows the day. No man knows the day. It's good that we know, understand these things or try to figure these things out. But I don't think no one has an exact day upon when our Savior was born. That's interesting. Well, nonetheless, he is here. He came. He lived. He sacrificed his life. He died. He was down for three days. Religion put him there. But relationship got him up. And he wants to be in relationship with you because he is up forevermore with all power in his hand. He wants to be in relationship with you. So won't you give him that chance? Because he is the Lord Almighty. Now unto him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time now and forever. Amen. I love you, Traveling Pulpit family. Go in peace and God bless.